Hey, everybody, it's Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of McKinney Fulvell. And before we get started on today's podcast, I want to wish everybody a happy and safe new year. I'd also like to leave you with three words that help remind you about what's important, how to navigate through challenges as we get into 2022, and ultimately live a balanced life. They are simplicity, patience, and compassion. Simple in actions and thoughts, patience with both friends and enemies, and finally, compassion towards yourself. So as we move into 2022 and deal with all the challenges and opportunities, let's think of those three words. Now here's to 2022. McKinney Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of McKinney Flavelle. And today is, oh my gosh, our last podcast of the year. Today is December 30th, 2021. And 2021 is going away and 2022 is coming to us very fast. I'm joined today by two awesome guests, Sean Bingham, our Director of Risk Management. Hello, Sean. Hello, Mike. And also Eric Thornton, Commodity Specialist of McKinney Flavel. Hello, Eric. Hello, Mike. Everybody. Hey, you know, guys, I thought since, you know, today's the, the, well, this week's our last podcast for the year, we've done our predictions already. There's a lot of people out on vacation this week. So those that are working, please listen, because- the markets are going crazy and it's not supposed to happen like this. It's supposed to be a quiet week, Eric. Yeah, what the heck? I know. <laughs> you know, bowl games are canceled left and right. Sean finished that door that he screwed up earlier in the year. <laughs> His wife's happy. I mean, what's going on with the world here? It's crazy. Well, geez, yeah. It's it's uh what the corn, I guess. People are going to come oh. back from vacation here and holidays and like see $6 corn. I mean, I know. Why? I mean, whoa. So, yeah, I, I have a quick couple thoughts. Um, if I want to start first, which I guess I will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, then I'll toss it. it to Sean. Um, but really, you know, we've seen corn slowly creep upwards here, um, really, for about since early November. We saw a little bit of sell down there with Omicron and. Um, you know, specs kind of jumping out of the market, but since then, really, the main driver with corn to where it is currently at six twelve a bushel, as well as soybeans currently at thirteen sixty eight per bushel, both pushing new highs since uh, you know July and August this year. The main driver is the South American weather scenario, and we've talked at length for many months about you know returning to a La Nina and just keeping a really close eye on South America this year after they were decimated this current crop year by the exact same weather scenario in 21-22. So the the good thing though is that again that the the crops were planted earlier than last year and are off to a good start, but again the overall weather in Brazil is kind of a tale of two two halves if you will, where the northern half is seeing plenty of rain overall almost excessive in some areas, but the southern portion of Brazil where there's still a significant amount of soybeans and corn planted is is definitely drier than average and Argentina is quite dry. So that same trend of a dry southern Brazil and Argentina pattern is is looking to stay with us here 
through at least the first part of January. And some of the longer range forecasts even show that intensifying later in January, February, when we start to see the Safrinha crop or the, the second crop planted in Brazil. So all that's kind of building up what I'd say is a little oh, weather risk premium. And, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately we, we have also seen some export demand pick up, especially the last two weeks for both U.S. soybeans and corn, uh, seeing China now uh, enter the market a little bit here recently for corn, you know, not in a significant way, but certainly uh, adding to that expected large demand we had, were projecting for 21-22. So what was once, you know, thought that the USDA was overstated on exports for, for corn being, you know, some 9 to 10% below last year and soybeans some 30 to 34% below last year um, in early December, we've kind of quickly caught back up a little bit with a few above average uh, weekly sales. So now we're actually um, catching back up and, you know, still some time here left in the U.S. for picking up some additional business. And again, really trying to be in the wild card, but that's, that's the main driver. Um, You know, wheat really hasn't done too much from a price reaction standpoint. When looking back at the the last month, granted, we've been very volatile, um, have gone up, but when looking back um, to where we were in early November, um, you know, still seeing Chicago wheat somewhere around $7.80 to $8 versus that time period. Again, we went much higher in early December. KC wheat still hovering around that 8 to 8.20. And Minneapolis wheat seems pretty content in that 10 to 10.20 per bushel range. So wheat hasn't really trickled up as much, you know, over the last two to three weeks like we've seen in corn and soybeans, but ultimately really it's the weather in South America okay. and the export demand picking up. And do you expect uh, as folks return next week uh, to see a continuation of that or uh, what are your thoughts there? So I, I do expect to see firmer prices until we understand the the impacts or the, you know, the extended forecasts, especially into uh, later January and February. So, you know, not seeing a whole lot of reason to believe we we will, you know, see a significant drop off back to 550 okay. where we were, you know, a month and a half ago. So, I, you know, I think we've been projecting to stay pretty firm here on prices through Q1 until we can see how this uh, crop plays out. But, you know, Sean maybe has some insights as yeah. to, you know, what the money's doing and, and kind of where yeah. things may be, uh, headed up from here since we finally broke through that kind of $6 psychological threshold here recently. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Eric. Uh, and speaking of Sean, uh, Sean, yes. early in my career, I learned in the commodity markets about the end of the year and window dressing and, um, you know, some liquidation maybe in the funds. Yeah. Uh, what is going on? Are they involved in this? What are they doing? Well, to some degree, they are. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about the those evil hedge funds and money managers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't say they were evil, but uh, <laughs> most maybe people, some people out there. <laughs> yeah, most people think they are. You know, they're always evil when the market's going up, but no one. But you know, it's always the hedge funds that push the market higher, yeah. and it's just profit taking when the market goes sure. lower, right? They, they, they don't. Yep. They don't ever sell, of course. Uh, wrong. Uh, okay. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Um, let's, like uh, so let's talk about the, some of the bullish, uh, some of the bullish commodities, uh, commodity movement and some of the bearish commodity movement and some of the not so bullish or bearish. So let's start with the ones that are, that are getting uh, hedge fund manager attention. And that is corn, soybeans, 
and soybean meal. So we got uh, we got the delayed holiday report yesterday, and we saw that for the uh, third consecutive week, they're still buying corn. They bought about mm, looks like about eighteen thousand contracts during the reporting period. So that that brings their total up to about fifty one thousand two hundred for the last three weeks. Now, you know, not all buying is created equal. And just because you see net longs increase uh, doesn't necessarily mean that the funds are bullish. Because what can happen is we can get short liquidations that pushes the net long higher. But I wouldn't call that a bullish scenario as far as the funds are concerned. But in the case of corn, this was all net new buys. So now that the market has pushed over $6, some of this is uh, interest where the funds think this thing could probably take a leg up into the six and a quarter range, maybe a little bit higher. Some of these guys are just getting forced in because we were in a trading ban for quite a long time. And so once we broke that $6, uh, we, we were starting to see more fund flow. And, and a lot of this uh, last report was prior to to corn uh, getting over six bucks in the nearby contract. So net long for corn now for the uh, managed funds, about 433,000 contracts. That's about 42% of their max long leverage. Okay, uh, They peaked that out around 558,000 contracts, but the interest is clearly turning more bullish than it has been for a long time. Mm. So let's go to soybeans. Same thing in soybeans. Soybeans saw 40, almost 41,000 contracts bought last week. And that is the highest uh, single week since September of 2020. So a little bit more of a mixed bag here. I was talking about, you always got to look at the, the new longs versus short liquidations. In this case, 28,000 new longs, still very, very significant and about almost 13,000 short liquidations. So one of the one of the other interesting things about soybeans is soybeans tends to have very high or or comparatively high option interest in this contract. Mm-hmm. These were all these were were futures. So none of this was options interest. These were all buys or short liquidations and as a matter of fact right now uh, net options in soybeans is a very, very small 1,700 contract short. And that's pretty unusual. I, I think what we're going to see going forward with soybeans is probably likely to see traders start selling calls above the market and buying puts below and holding on to those futures and doing that collar trade, which which they've been doing for a long time prior to the market uh, having this kind of long four or five month slide. So I would be looking, you know, to see when they start selling those calls. That may give us a good idea of of kind of where they finally think soybeans may be topping out. Soybean meal on a rocket ride. Uh, this is mainly just due to the fact soybean meal has been uh, was beaten up for many many months. And uh, the last I I think as of this last report, we have the smallest net shorts now. Wow. in uh, soybean meal in a long time. And that's a, that's a pretty bullish look. So those are your markets that are getting a lot of managed money bullish attention. Let's talk about bearish attention, soybean oil. Okay. Soybean oil was on a, as we all know, on a rocket ride higher for a long time. But I, I, I track something I call the true net position for speculators. And what the true net position is, 
is the net position minus what we see in long-only index funds. So right now, uh, soybean oil has about 26,500 net longs, but the amount of index longs in that is almost 32,000. So that actually makes these traders what I call true net short. And this is the second week in a row, traders are actually what I call short soybean oil. So we uh, we saw a about another four thousand in net sales last week. Soybean oil has ground higher after bouncing off some lows here recently. And let's just go ahead and plug it, uh, Eric. I think our model did a really nice job calling the recent low here. We had uh, signals in soybean oil and caught the uh, bottom on the. December 15th and 16th of that move. So, Mm -hmm. and if uh, anybody's interested in hearing about those signals, uh, give us a call or give your McKinney Flavel sales rep a call. We'd be happy to talk to you about that. Excellent. So that is the, that is the short scenario. So let's talk about wheat. And I think Eric summed it up really well. Wheat's kind of not really going anywhere. We saw very, very little uh, speculator interest in wheat movements last week. Most of it was on the buy side for KC wheat, which t- which seems to be leading this rally a little bit with some small sell interest in the Chicago and the Minneapolis spring contract. But here again, you, you, we always want to look at, at, at what the mix of, those bu- of that buying is. And of the 3,400 contracts of, of longs or buys last during the reporting week, uh, 6,200 of those were actually short liquidations. So that is not painting a what I would call a bullish picture like we're seeing in corn or soybeans. So mm. it, of all those, I think for the most part, if you if you look at that true net picture again in uh, in the wheat complex, I would put it marginally bullish, uh, not bearish, but marginally bullish. And for the most part, I would just call it about neutral. Uh, and here's the other thing, you know, a lot of these contracts, including wheat, uh, and soybean oil here recently have all moved into what I would consider technical overbought condition. So probably due for some pullback. Okay. Don't think that's going to change the trend a lot in some in things like corn or soybeans or uh, or soybean meal. But you know markets have to cool off sometimes before they can move higher, and we're probably due for that before we get that next push higher. Excellent. Great recap, uh, Sean. Great recap, Eric. Okay, we're going to do one final thing for the year uh, on this podcast. Uh, So Eric and Sean, I'm going to ask you a question. You have to answer it very quickly, and then I'm going to move on to the next one. Okay? Deal. It's like a lightning round kind of thing? Yes, lightning round. Eric, Alabama or Cincinnati? Alabama. Sean, Georgia or Michigan? Georgia. Eric, Alabama or Georgia in the finals? Go dogs. Okay, Sean, one last question. Penn State or Arkansas? Go Hogs. Oh. <laughs> I actually don't disagree. <laughs> Eric, since you went to Penn State. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you got to you be unbiased in this industry, Mike. <laughs> unbiased. Well, thank you guys for playing. We're going to wrap this one up. Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, have a safe and happy New Year. We look forward to uh, working with all our clients in 22. And everybody out there, thank you for listening to the podcast. As I always like to say, live with an attitude of gratitude. 
Don't take any moment for granted. Be kind to each other. And until next year's podcast, Happy New Year, everybody. Take care. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. See you next year. Bye now. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favelle's IQ Ingredient Intelligence platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favel.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.